listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. You know, but Brandon, a, a question for you: uh, uh, Who day? Who day? Brandon Jaggers. Who day think going to beat the Bengals, Brandon? <laughs> and me, CC Broadus. <laughs> I mean, if they play, nobody. That was scary. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to episode number eighty-nine of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm CC Broadus, returning to the golden microphone, <laughs> and I'm joined on my left by Mr. Alan Schneider. Alan, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm all right, but there's a giant asteroid that's approaching Earth. It's going to miss Earth by roughly 1.2 million miles. Uh, for the layman, that's probably the distance between my house and Ellis Park. <laughs> <laughs> the asteroid is about one kilometer mile, which I think means either 0.6 miles wide or 1.6 miles wide, something like that. Gotcha. gotcha. My question to you, Alan, do you hope it hits Earth? That hits Earth? Do you, uh, hope, do you hope the asteroid hits Earth? Can I have it hit? Like, what about if I have it just fracture off and hit certain spots that I can, you know, because I'm not going to go into where I'd like it to hit some of these certain spots. But if you know me, you could probably guess some of them. So I don't want it to hit Earth. But if a couple pieces come off and hit the right spots slash people, I could probably live with that. Well, if you're on racing Twitter today, this is Tuesday when we're recording this. If you're on racing Twitter, you probably would hope that it would hit Earth today. I think it already did. It already did. Yeah, wow. We may we may be broadcasting to nobody. So, <laughs> and so I'm joined. Point. We're joined on our left, my left, by Mr. Brandon Jaggers, the uh, Louisville's investment banker to the stars. <laughs> well, CC, let me tell you, man, we we are so glad to have the pro back. We were the B team last week. Glad the A is back this week. Oh man, he, he's jocking you, bruh. Yeah, he wants a favor. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like the Burt Convy to your Burt Reynolds, Brandon. You don't even know what that means. That fell short on you, didn't it? Yeah, he's he's not quite old enough. Not quite old enough. He's not that far. No. Well, Brandon, my question to you, Brandon, uh, in Thailand, (laughs) there's a pork shortage, and now everybody's eating crocodile, in lieu of the, the 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 missing pork. Have you ever had crocodile? I have not, but they have alligator. that uh, alligator game. No, no. I've had alligator. Have. I've it's had good. alligator. I didn't like it. Uh, my but, daughter's got Crocs. Is that what you're talking about? The the shoes? Is that what you're talking about? Exactly what I'm talking about. You know <laughs> they have Crocs with fur. I'm sure my daughter probably owns a pair. I mean, she's got all it's kinds of them. Kind of counterintuitive what the purpose of Crocs are for. Fair point. Right. We're out yeah. in the water, but if you got fur, it's, I don't know. But yeah, that's a, that's a story for another day. Right on, bro. Uh, I keep saying, bro. I've got good news to report. I have a resolution with Bob Evans. <laughs> oh. Followed, followed the podcast. We had a riff uh, on Christmas Eve. All is well. Bob Evans has returned my money. 
and we are on speaking terms again. And I'd like to report that uh, Bob Evans has the best mashed potatoes in North America. Was that part of the settlement that you had to go on and tell your millions of followers about their potatoes? Was that part of the settlement? It was. I am now an official spokesperson for Bob Evans. Nice, nice. I'm telling you, though, Cracker Barrel's better. Cracker Barrel's better. Um, You know what we should mention is uh, our brilliant racing stable, led by Joe Christofek and Natalie Giles and Brandon Staubel, added a horse, right? Added an exciting... An exciting new horse. That's exactly right. Carmel Crush, a horse named Carmel Crush. I don't have the details in front of me, uh, but I, you know, I got an eidetic memory of a lot of these. This Kentucky race. This is a horse I was excited about last year. I saw a race at Churchill in a maiden race on the turf, and ran a really good second. Uh, and I remember making a mental note that I think this horse is going to do really well. That this horse is a future. That's why I better that day. I ran second, and I think got a maiden win down at the fairgrounds on dirt. I'm sure Joe will correct me on this. I'm not sure. But uh, it's a horse with a lot right. of upside. Yeah. The, the horse, I believe the horse can run on both dirt and turf. I think it's proven so far. I think there's a lot more upside. Got a lot of uh, starter conditions. I think there's starter conditions left. There's a lot of uh, all the allowance conditions are left. I think uh, that the, our guys working on our behalf – Actually, I've come up with a really good one, so appreciate their efforts. And it just so happens it's a horse I've had my own for a long time. So we own a very small piece of it, but it's a fun deal. Brilliant's a fun deal. I know they're excited, and when he told me that, I was excited about it. So good luck to Carmel Crush, and thanks to those guys. And he's staying with his current trainer, Matt Shearer. I think Matt Shearer. Yeah, rising up the ladder. He's a, yeah. a, a fine young trainer, for sure. Yes. Uh, one last uh, – bit before we get to our guest uh pegasus world cup is next weekend and i'm gonna pose this question to you all it's gonna basically be nick's go versus life is good nick's go wait i've posed this question before about nick's go versus medina spirit hot rod charlie who would get the lead in the first turn well that question was answered in the classic same question again Life is good has never been headed. In fact, he outran Jackie's warrior in the King's Bishop, or otherwise known as that, Alan Jerkins at Saratoga. He he headed that horse early. Never been beaten to the first call. He lines up next Saturday against Nick's Go. Who has the lead going into the first turn in the Pegasus World Cup? I will never go against Nick's Go in this. I just won't. I mean, I said it last time. I, I, I and the horse, I, I, whatever reason, this horse does not get the proper respect, in my opinion, that the horse is completely and 100% earned. I don't know why, how the horse turned it around like he did a couple of years ago after some so-so efforts. But the horse is, I mean, with the exception of the race in Dubai, the horse has went straight to the front, has cruised up front, has drawn off. It runs the same race every time around Joel Rosario. I, it was a joke. The horse went off a three to one on Breeders' Cup day. It really was. I mean, I'm the horse might rate. I, I don't know. I just, I mean, life is good. Is got to prove it to me. But I mean, before they take on Nick's, Nick's go has proven over and over again. He won the Breeders' Cup Mile, the Breeders' Cup Classic, the Whitney. I, I don't know what more the horse has to do to garner respect, but uh, I'm not going to pick against Nick's go. Yeah, I'm shocked that, like you said, Breeders' Cup. What was I ever thinking that Nick's go was going to break and not be on the lead, close to the lead, and just go gate to wire? So I don't care who shows up. Nick's go wins. 
Nick's got to get retired. Yeah, go. I, I mean, because I, I, life is good presence. Because of life is good presence, you're, once again, you're going to get overlaid a price on a horse of the talent of Nick's go. Three to one was insane on Breeders' Cup Day. It was, uh, but two to one was insane on Whitney Day. And uh, I guess you probably get even money six to five because the way people like to bet, the way uh, you would call it a, a kind of a wise guy thing, people are always going to gravitate to that 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 one horse that they the up and comer over the, the established horse lot time to kind of prove how smart they are. It happens repeatedly. And if you have those two horses at equal odds, to me, I'd take Nick's go. I think they'll probably both be even money. CC? Any chance of a meltdown? I mean, you know, what if they go head to head? We think that all the time, but will there be anybody of any quality no. in the race? Never. Uh, never the, yeah, yeah. These will be a horse of any quality in the race that can come get those. Ordinarily, that's the way I think. I'm a kind of a pace player, but it's a little flip to the script. It's, it's a little differently in this race, in that you have two legitimate route horses who have cruising speed, who have proven that they can run at a high rate of speed for an extended period of time. So it'd be more probably along the lines of the um, of a match race type deal where they both go the lead and one just puts the other one away is, is the way I would see it. But again, we don't know who's going to run in at first, but uh, to beat both of those would be, would be take some doing. So well, Mike, I'm, Wilson, say, I'm sorry, Brandon. Nick's go will set a track record that day. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the track record is, but he might, I can, I understand the logic there that they're going to go so fast early that one is, if one could withstand the fight and, and go on. I was going to be running on the Life is good. They're running on dirt. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> so the rest of the field, according to Mike Welsh, I mean, it's not a whole lot. You got chess chief, law professor, stiletto boy, title ready, fearless, and Olympiad. Yeah, that's not much there. No. <laughs> I mean, chess. <laughs> Grade three. <laughs> chess right. chief is supposed to go this weekend at the fairgrounds, right? Yeah. And I have to think. Unless he just wants the big pot, Dallas thinks he can uh, get in and get a, a big chunk of a big pot. But I mean, that horse loves the fairgrounds. But we'll see what the what the plans are and stuff. Still, it's, a horses of those caliber, they're all nice horses. But to beat those two um, grade one plus animals, it's going to take some doing. Well, we'll we'll worry about that next week. Uh, right now, let's get to our special guest. And, of course, our special guest needs no introduction. She's on the Mount Rushmore of Auxiliary Gate podcast. <laughs> yes, and that's, of course, live from New Orleans, Louisiana, Michelle Lovell. Michelle, we are glad you are back. Thank you, guys. I'm glad to be back. So how are, how are things in New Orleans? Um, everything's good, actually. Um, we've had some winters, so that's always fun, and our weather uh, changes four times a day, and today it was awesome, so that's good. But, yeah, everything's good here. I just noticed you're four out of 12 on the meet. Is that correct? Four out of 12? Four winners. It is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good, you know, it's a good start. Well, one of your horses that I know uh, has won twice, that's Just Mike, and he is going to return this Saturday in the Duncan Kenner Stakes, a $100,000 race, five and a half furlongs on the turf. How is the big boy doing? Oh, he's doing awesome. He really is. He's he's uh, he's uh, in a great frame of mind, and he's fit and ready to go. Just Mike, 10 wins out of 32 starts. He's won $830,000. Uh, guys, I, I, I know they had that Vox Populi Award 
that is supposed to go to uh, a popular horse uh, just might probably should have been nominated. Uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe this year. <laughs> maybe this year. Yeah, he's three out of nine at, on the fairgrounds turf. He's only been off the board once, and he's already collected two stakes races. We won the Thanksgiving Classic and the uh, Richie Shear Memorial. Dirt or turf doesn't matter. He's uh, had you ever you ever thought about uh, bigger fish? You know, uh, there's not a lot in in the stakes ranks uh, nationwide, but it, it, any any long term uh, or short term targets for this horse? Well, um, you know, we we went for bigger fish last year, and and uh, and we're gonna try it again this year. But for for the winter time while we're here at uh fairgrounds you know we have we have um i think there's three well we well actually there's the two i think there's two more <laughs> i'm trying to think how many they've got two or three of the stakes on the turf plus we got the dirt race which we was an added bonus for us this year um and i think keeping him local um is what we're going to do for the winter and then when we hit kentucky kind of figure it out I'm, you know it's wanting to try him on the dirt there but i think the uh the race at keeneland is seven furlongs so we kind of just go race by race but yeah um we hope to you know we hope that he earns his way to the breeders cup this year that would be fun so also in this race and maybe a surprise entrant uh, would strike me down for for jerry romans uh michelle uh, what's uh tell us about the uh, how uh, the the big gray son of Tappet's doing, and and your thoughts of entering in this race? Yeah, he's he's doing good. Um, obviously, um, he needed his last race and was going long, so shortening him back up, I think, is gonna um, help. And you know, hopeful to pick up some pieces. Uh, you know, and there's obviously gonna be a lot of speed, and this turf, you know, has been. It's been favorable, I thought, more to closers at times this year. So I thought, you know, I might as well just – we're limited in, in the spots we can run him uh, in down here. So I thought we'll just give him a try. And um, hopefully he'll – I think he'll show up. I got a good rider on him that I think will get along with him really well. And it's going to be a pretty competitive little heat. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting day. Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, you've done an excellent job with this horse. He claimed him for thirty thousand back in May, uh, and uh, he's you put him on the turf. He's been a dynamo on the turf when you got him uh, figured out. He, he he won at Colonial, won a lounge race at Colonial, then uh, got beat ahead a few weeks later there, and then you know he he nearly pulled off a, a big win at uh, at Keeneland. So yeah, this this guy he's uh, you've you've done an excellent job. Congratulations to thank you. Guys. you. Yeah, he's pretty neat. You know, he's an older horse, and and uh, he's just a neat horse. You know, he's um, he's been treated well through his life, I'm sure. You know, so he's he's fairly lightly raced for. Um, he's seven years old now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, he's pretty cool. I, we really like him. He he had a you know the win at Colonial was really it was a lot of fun. He nearly pulled off another win, and which would have put me in the lead. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I remember. I'm sure you did. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We could have won that meet, or at least tied, actually. And uh, yeah, we had two seconds. It was really hurtful. 
And, uh, but yeah, he runs his little eyeballs out. He needed his last race. So we just put a line through that and hopefully he'll, you know, rebound and come running for us, um, this weekend. So I'd be remiss not to ask about, uh, your star Philly change of control. One of the highlights to my 2021 is got to hang out with you after the, yes. the big win at the big stakes win at Keeneland. Yeah. Uh, she's how's, awesome. How's she doing? She's doing awesome. Yeah, she's doing great. And I'm pretty excited. I get to uh, run her here. Um, There's a race for her on the 29th. So um, last year we went over to to Houston and ran against the boys. And but this year we're going to unless it rains off the turf or something, then uh, I've got her nominated for the other race as well. So but yeah, she's going to run here, um, which she hasn't done for a while. So yeah, I'm excited about it. She's she's doing great. She's a she's such a class class animal and just a sweetheart to have in the barn. And I'm very fortunate that she's got to stay in training this year too. So is the plan maybe to keep her at uh, seven furlongs or less, or, or do you think you can stretch her out? You know, I think probably seven furlongs or less. I mean, I I think she can get the distance, but not at, not at the highest levels, you know? And so she's gotten to a point where we, we got to do the, we can't be, you know, searching for anything new, <laughs> you know? Right. So she's, she's just been super. Yeah. She's, she's so uh, classy and she gives everything when she runs. So, but she's doing, um, she's doing really well here. She loves uh, the cold weather. She just bucks and plays every morning. So yeah, it's good to see her in that kind of, uh, mind frame you know for older philly does the phone ever ring maybe some offers come in uh, oh maybe. yeah for a couple years now yeah but uh honestly <clears throat> that the owner um he's he's got a farm in kentucky and i believe he's going to retire her to the farm and you know keep her as a broodmare uh, that's so, outstanding which is, i love yeah. love love to hear that that's Isn't great. that neat yeah, yeah i'm really yeah. excited about it yeah. yeah so years and years to come of uh looking forward to some of these of little cc's uh, little babies yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah let's not talk about little cc's you uh, <laughs> out there i don't know about it uh, uh guys uh any questions for michelle yes yes uh, i'm gonna go back a little bit uh, a little back history what cc referred to a change of crow we were at keeneland that day i think the only time i went to keeneland that meet last meet and we were just walking through and of course everybody knows michelle's a friend of ours we love her but we were at cc and i were just walking through the paddock and uh, michelle yelled for us and that's they change the controls running the stakes down there and michelle's a it's a very well-spoken uh but a fairly quiet person you know she, a very humble person and when we started we said change the control gonna win today and she was like yes right cc <laughs> she true. said yeah, yeah she said bet him she said, bet that horse. This is coming from Michelle. So, I mean, I loaded up. And then that's before it started pouring raining. Then it poured, and then we knew the horse was a lock. It was like 6-1 six, <laughs> six to one to beat Wesley Ward's uh, Royal Ascot horse that day, right? Is that, right. Is that, yeah. And uh, so we got to hang out in the stakes room after that. And uh, Oh, we were Mich- all drowned rats. <laughs> yeah, I think CeCe had on shorts. Yeah. Uh, I had on jeans. But it didn't matter. We they, they they treated you like royalty, or didn't they, Michelle? They did. They were super. Yeah, they were super too. I was almost embarrassed to go in there because we were all just drowned little rats. And and um, no, that was that no. was great. Keeneland treated were, us really good. And you know, and I'm looking looking at strike me down here. And this is something I may have noticed. I guess because I follow your career a little bit closer than I do some other trainers. 
because you had a horse uh, that I know you've been hound for a long time that has not quite petered out properly. Uh, Brooklyn's <laughs> the bomb. Brooklyn's the bomb. <laughs> that, I know. Yeah, she uh, she hasn't panned out for us yet. Um, but but the thing is, I, I can see what you do is strike me down a lot. You stretch it out to two turns, then you shorten the back the horse back up. Right. And I know you did that at Brooklyn's the bomb. Is that the plan? Brooklyn's the bomb is a get her on the is. turf, center long, and then <laughs> and then go for the throat. You figured short. me out. Oh my I gosh! Know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm good at finding out trainer angles. You did. You know, you yeah. just told the whole world. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that's what the, the whole world listens to us. Because uh, I see that you do is strike me down. You strike, you send strike me down long, then you send him short. Get that kick right to get that yeah. uh, that burst of speed. And Brooklyn's a bomb is naturally fast horse anyway. She is, yeah. Maybe get some finish on the turf with her on the next start. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. She's gonna, we're gonna hopefully we'll get a uh, sprint on the turf for her. Yeah, that's what she needs to do. She's just too quick to go long. She hung in there a long ways, and this turf course was wasn't loving uh, the speed horses that day for sure. And uh, so she didn't embarrass herself, but yeah, I think she'll. She'll be much stronger, much better next time she runs. Keep that in mind, folks. Brooklyn's the bomb at the fairgrounds. I think she goes short on the turf. And I would add, I haven't watched a lot of fairgrounds this meet. I've watched some. And I know predominantly the turf has been favoring closers, as you said earlier. But the, it started to change the other day on Monday from the races I went back and watched after the race because you were going to be on here with us. And I watched the races. The turf course is out. The the rail is out to like 27 feet, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I believe that day the tide started to turn, right? I think the speed started holding much better yeah. last Monday. The, the the top two kind of ran one, two all the way around the track and all the turf races. Right. So that's something to keep. And then I think that rail comes down for the stakes races this week, doesn't it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's a it this turf course. Um, you know, when I first started coming here. You could not win on the lead. It was a very rare occasion that any horse won on that turf course. Good, good horses on the lead, galloping, ears up, just doing nothing, and, and everybody just holding behind the lead horse. And sure enough, on the end, they just swallow the lead up. And that's the way this turf course was until they, they kind of redid it. Um, they put a lot of uh, um, soil on top and raised it up so it wasn't, you know, it would, it would dry out quick. And the turf course has been really good, but... For this, for some reason this year, I've seen um, some of those races be just like that, how it used to be. They'd just be galloping on the lead, easy, 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 and they swallow them up on the end. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know that we're the best part. I mean, you know, I ride jockeys that know exactly what they're doing out there. So I just have to rely on that and on the day, how it's, how it's playing. Well, I know Gary, Gary Palmasano told us when the rail's down that that, that track plays more speed. And the rail up on Monday, it looked like there was already that shift going to where the horses on the rail were winning, starting to win on the lead. So if that right. rail comes down, you may see a lot of speed win this weekend, which obviously would be good for Just Might if Just Might needs any help anyway. But uh, that's something to keep in mind, folks, if that, that speed might hold this weekend at the fairgrounds. It's just a guess of mine. And I'm hoping it does for Michelle. Uh, but along the lines of Just Might, uh, if you know anything about, I don't really care for the Eclipse Awards. I think the Eclipse Awards, by and large, are are, are overrated. They're kind of elitist. It's not my thing. Uh, it, it'd be great if you were to get one one day. But <laughs> the one of the reasons I'm not really like, crazy about it is a horse like Just Mike didn't even get a sniff uh, for uh, nomination for Sprinter of the Year, right? No. Uh, that, that honestly, that kind of kind of belies my point. That's kind of an elitist thing. This horse has seven stakes wins this year. 
this, this horse went on turf and dirt. This horse went across the country, went in back and forth. Uh, would have ran, might have been up right there at the Loja West in the uh, Phoenix, but uh, there was a, a minor injury down a stretch, right? Sure. Yeah, he grabbed his quarter. Yeah, it really did himself in that day. And he yeah. was moving. That horse was he, moving. Absolutely. I really feel like we would have been in the wind picture, you know, head bobbing for I, I, that's how I feel. I feel yeah, like I he was, he had him in his sights and, and, uh, whether we won or, or, but it would have been close, you know, but yeah, yeah, he grabbed his heel and that's unfortunate, but he survived it and came back, you know, great. So yeah, it's, uh, the box popular is a good idea for a horse like just might, I think pink Lloyd, the Canadian horse is probably going to yeah. win it. But you know, we had talked about the box popular for just might I think a few people agree, but again, you know, this is kind of an elitist game a lot of times for a lot of people. And I, I'll put Just Might's record up there with anybody. So at the very least, it should have got something along those lines. But until well, you recognize a horse like Just Might, the Eclipse Awards don't mean a damn thing to me. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I guess because he's a homebred. He's not, you know, he wasn't a high-priced horse or whatever. I mean, he did a lot last year. I guess if he'd strung together a couple graded stakes, maybe he would have been on a you know, yeah, I can see that point, but I mean, how many horses actually strung together a bunch of graded stakes in the sprint he's company? He's the only he's the only one that got seven. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's it, he did an amazing thing. So, but he did get um he did get a little right up in the blood horse, which was neat. Uh, I saw that. Know, that was that was that was big for our little stable, and it was big for our homebred, and made made everybody smile. That you know the the connection. So <clears throat> we're happy for that. But yeah, I agree. You know, he's done some. He's done a lot of good stuff for for um, you know small ownership and and um, small stable. So and knock on wood, he's going to hit a million dollars pretty soon. Knock on wood, because yeah, anything can wood. happen. Anything Absolutely. can happen. But uh, I'd say a couple more stakes went the fairgrounds and put him in right there in the ballpark. Can you and, believe it? <laughs> yeah, but those it's those purses aren't that big for for a turf sprinter. Not. Yeah. But people don't realize turf sprints. There's there's not that many high level turf sprints, and yeah. so the purses, generally speaking, aren't that big. But the thing is, this horse runs on dirt and turf, so right. you're able to to bank a lot of them. Well, and 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 when in the 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 Louisville um yeah the society club <laughs> what Louisville Thoroughbred Society. Thoroughbred Society. Yes, I got. got yeah, I sorry, but yes, winning winning that race was huge. You know, and the purse was the best purse he's won and it was just a, a that was a great race it was at churchill it was a big it was a big thing you know so he wins races like that um you know then maybe they'll say his name a little bit more yeah that'd be fun yeah there's also uh you had another win the other day didn't you a sale on ellen one right sale on ellen yes and it was a three-horse field you won a three-horse race Have yeah you ever done that hard- before you know what? I've never done it before, but I've seen a lot of good horses, the best horse, get beat in three-horse races. So I was yeah. like, you can get beat in a three-horse race really easily. And uh, Deshaun Parker rode my filly, and that was the first time he'd been on her and ever. And I told him how – you know, because she's not easy to ride. She's really speedy. She's a big horse, and you got to be, you know, careful with her. And she's coming off a long layoff, and, and uh, so he has to, you know, nurse it without – trying to stop her momentum or, or, and I think he wrote her so well, he got her away and, and held his position against the favorite that was putting pressure on her on the outside. And, um, he did a great job on her. So I was really proud of the Phillies effort, but had he not, you know, squeezed on her and kept her and held her position, she could have 
for sure got behind that horse who could have finished third. I mean, easily you get trapped and then boom, you're third instead of a winner. So that was, a, it was a nice win that the yeah. owner, that owner didn't get to come to the races. He's, he lives, um, he, but he has his own business. He's a chef and has a, a restaurant in Houston. And, uh, so he had to watch it from there while he was working, <laughs> unfortunately running his, running his restaurant. But, um, that Philly, she brings us a lot of joy too. She's a really neat Philly. Yeah, I remember when my wife and kids came to your barn uh, this meet. I think the stars of the show for them were were Sail on Ellen, if, I'm, if my memory serves, yeah. and Strike Me Down. I think Strike Me Down was my I think my daughter loves Strike Me Down. Yeah, yeah, yep. great horse. Yeah, right. So first three horse race you've ever won, right? Yes, it is. I bet John Dooley loved calling that thing. He got a really yeah, but he's good. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's good. One horse race. John Dooley is the best. He he can I, he can just make up a story the whole way, you know. So he he does a great job. You know, he's never boring. I love John Dooley. Great yeah, great he's, announcer. He's great announcer. All right, let's go, Brandon. What do you got, pal? Yeah, did you I just, just say that? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> That was for you, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> Brandon? Well, for the listeners, I don't think everybody knows that we did have an after party uh, <laughs> after we won the Louisville Thoroughbred Society yes. uh, stake for 275000 275000 yes. It was an awesome purse. Yeah. And you weren't the favorite, but you won no. really fast on that dirt that night, a minute yeah. 8.3, which is flying. I know. And, uh, hey, you know, Rano. The Phoenix... The Phoenix was one in a minute eight point uh, two. So I mean, if if that if you could have brought back that that same race from that night, maybe the horses yeah. love to run at night. So maybe turf way. So anyway, <laughs> I uh, hear you. <laughs> but but, uh, but we had a great time. The podcast and other uh, friends of the podcast and uh, even Jerry Romans. Well, we got to meet him and yeah. Uh, a lot of Mary people. Jo was there. Yeah. yeah, that was that was great to to be there at the club. Uh, it's beautiful, and uh, and when I get back, I'm gonna have to come visit. Yeah, I've got a. I uh, told Gene that I have a uh, a just might halter that he wore first couple of years of him being in training. I've got I've I've saved that back, so I was gonna give him that and a set oh, of his shoes cool. that he won that stakes race. Yeah, so. And he's got his picture up. He sent me a picture of the picture up on the wall. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a proud – that was a proud – that was an awesome – that was a fun race in, uh, to be a part of it. Um, yeah. That was – I'll never forget all that. The really inaugural and must come back uh, to try again next year, too. Oh, oh so. yeah. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah. but uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to seeing what happens Saturday. That's a that's a good field and uh, it is a good field. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you have any threats in there? I do. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, well, for one, uh, Manny Wall they've traded jobs, you know. Um, right. So and Wayne <laughs> Wayne Wayne told me the other day he said, "Baby, it's not your race. It's mine this time." <laughs> I was like, "No, okay, we'll see." So you know friendly bantering Ooh. with uh cat and then um you know you got the horse on the rail uh that has been running really well um and uh, yes. there's a couple sir of sneaky alfred good james. ones yeah, yeah sir alfred james and then um you know asmussen's got a horse in there it's probably sneaky good and and um there's just you know it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a good 
race, you know, and it's going to be a, should be fair. It should be plenty of speed and some stalkers and a couple come from behind her. So we'll and you're going to wire them. Colby's going to wire them. <laughs> we'll, we'll, well, it will be right there. We'll be uh, either in front if we break on top or we'll be stalking, you know, and uh, pushing them. So, yeah. Me down but Colby, late. Yeah. No, Colby. Colby knows what to do, and, uh, and my horse, he's, he's figured it out now. So I'm excited about it. Let's hope we get the job done. And Yeah. Yeah, when, Colby thinks, when he thinks he has it wrapped up, he wraps the horse up a little early, it feels like. It always makes me nervous. Cause he makes he just me nervous. Flies. He makes me yeah. nervous. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> he just sits on them. He sits on them for so long. Before he asked him, he only asked him the last little bit, you know. I mean, unless he's yeah. in a drive with another horse. But, yeah, he just lets that horse, which I think has been key to that horse, um, you know, running really well. He doesn't give him anything else to think about. He just lets him do his job and um, and then ask him for, you know, the last bit, which he's going to have to run. You know, these, these horses are runners, so. Mm, you're going to win. Okay. Uh, I like okay. it. Sir Alfred James, if Sir Alfred James tries to go, if just might should get the lead out of the gate. If he doesn't, Sir Alfred James is going to go from the rail and Colby will sit just off and punch yes. the gas on the turn. Right. And I, 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 that's just might like that trip, right? Sitting second right off that, that speed yeah. of the inside. So I think either way, I think the race from a pace profile race looks pretty good to me. But then again, I'm biased, right? No, I think so too. I mean, you know, the horse on the inside could – break and and of course they're gonna want to if that horse runs big on the lead and they're gonna have to use to get there a little bit and you know depending on our break if he if our horse breaks running or if he doesn't break as as quick and the other horse gets away then we'll just stalk him you know so i think it's gonna be a good race it's just you can't there's no way to know until they kick the latches you know when they Mm. when those gates open how it's gonna how it's gonna pan out so and then it should be a interesting race down the lane i'm excited yeah i didn't mean to step on your brand but i just saw that pace profile i thought it favored michelle so i'll I'll get back to you sorry about that no do we walk on brandon i'm sorry let's go brandon you go ahead Uh, (laughs) the post post position seems just right too i mean i like it three or four so i think five is probably okay it's my favorite number yeah great I love my yeah. favorite number five. Yeah, I like it. I like being there. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we drew in the middle or to the outside. It's always yeah. good when you have speed. Well, that's all I had to say, and, I, and I'm hoping that the the horse or the actual race stays on the turf and it's nice and dry and and ready to go for you. So good yeah. luck. Yeah. Thank You'd probably you. be okay if it got rained off, wouldn't you, Michelle? You'd probably be okay with it. Yeah, I'm good either way. For yeah, sure. What's yeah. the forecast? Uh, it's a little bit of rain on Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday I think is probably just cloudy. I don't know, so it could soften that turf. You know, depending on how. I mean, we got we got a lot of rain the other day. Uh, poured well the day that Ellen won the three horse race. Um, it really poured. <laughs> yeah, we thought it was going to split it split and go above and below us, and then and we just got hammered. So you never know around here. Hey, uh, I tell you, the whole, the whole day will be an awesome race weekend. Awesome Saturday. I've been there before. Before it's a, it's long because I played every single race. But man, it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Michelle, we'll let you go now. Uh, as always, we, we greatly, greatly appreciate you joining us. Uh, you're, uh, you're a brave soul coming on here <laughs> as much as you do with us. And, uh, y'all are but, great. Uh, yeah. yeah, we, it's enjoyable. We, we need you. We we need you to get back up here as quick as you can. I think we have got another two and a half months, but it's uh it's more fun when you're in the bluegrass, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's great when you guys can come by the barn and visit and and uh, hang out and talk horses and yeah. So wish y'all were down here for the weekend. That would be fun. It'd be a fun. Uh, I need to get down there. You uh, do. And by the way, we were supposed to have Tom Drury on with Michelle. Tom's a little bit under the weather, so that didn't pan out. Because we were going to do a little, a couple little challenge things with Tom, but I hope Tom <laughs> feels better. By the way, I'm sure you feel the same way, Michelle. I I do. I just think he got scared. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Call him out. No, no. <laughs> I, I hope he feels better. Yeah, that's. I didn't know he was sick. So, um, but yeah, yeah we're he, not going to let him slide next time. You got that right. You got that right. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait for you to get back to get back up there. Anyway, we get down to to Louisiana. Louisiana. We'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Michelle. Y'all be good. Thank, Thank you, you, Michelle. Bye. And that was our pal Michelle Lovell. She's got a big day lined up on Saturday, and that was recorded on Tuesday night. And it's now Wednesday evening. And boys, it's time to pick some freaking winners. Oh, darn. <laughs> As you Who's said, who are you going to bring in to do it? Who are you going to bring in to do it? Uh, just us hey, it's up to you all oh christ it's okay. mainly up to brandon you know brandon cashed a big one last was it has it been two weeks ago a week and a half ago at turfway Seventy-eight thousand oh, yeah. dollars. Seventy-eight thousand. i think wasn't am, am i close i went on a roll on the uh was it seventh yeah the seventh eighth and ninth i hit every pick five at turfway three days in a row my goodness and he invested no more than twenty dollars on any, either one any is that right is that fair to say? Well, I, I always do the big ticket and a little ticket. And for once, my little ticket bailed me out. I caught that, I think it was a 60 or $80 winning horse. That'd be 61. the big favorite coming out of Bill Terra. And uh, then I was alive to a whole lot. And of course, I like, I think I got second second choice or second favorite in the will pays. Mm-hmm. And it paid uh, 6600 and then I think that was Saturday, the 8th. The 7th, I think it was a $500 pick five, but I bet $130 into the pool with the ticket. Uh, when it was Saturday, it was only a $42 ticket. And then Sunday, I really went skinny, and I hit it twice. I had a little bit bigger of a ticket for around, I think, 110 somewhere in the low 100 And then I had a $20, $24 ticket. And I hit both of them, so it cashed like two thirty-three a piece. So uh, I, I, I have not repeated that uh, the, the, the weekend of for fourteenth, fifteenth, or sixteenth. I didn't, I didn't even play a big five some of those days. Well, good. I mean, that's a that's a heck of a weekend, and hopefully, uh, Brandon's going down to New Orleans this weekend for the uh, the big car of the fairgrounds. So hopefully, he can replicate that and then right. some. Big news! You worked it out. Oh, you worked out a trip. <laughs> you worked yeah. out a trip. Yeah, I used all my Brian points. Hernandez, Brian Hernandez Jr. would be proud of that. <laughs> Snuck yeah, up I mean, real. The car just starts at noon that day, and man, it goes late. They'll have the lights on, I'm sure, out there. Uh, shoot, I guess it's going to run into seven o'clock Eastern time, and uh, so they're on Central time, so I appreciate gaining the hour. 
Okay, cool. Plenty of beads to gather. Get you some beads, yeah. Brandon. Right. Of course, it's going to be cold today. It was like 70, and when I'm there, the high will be 50. Right. At least well, you'll be yeah. at the racetrack. Yeah, That's I'll right. be at work. I'll be at work, so you're 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 way ahead of me, okay? You're way ahead of me in that regard. So have fun. Have fun. Thank you. All right. In the meantime, we've got to uh, dissect this late pick five on the big day at Fairgrounds, capped off by a Kentucky Derby prep race, which is the LeCompte at a mile and 16th, and a Kentucky Oaks prep race, the Silver Bullet Day, at a mile 70 yards. We're going to get to those races later. We're going to kick it off. The 10th race is where we start the black gold pick five, a 50-cent minimum wager, and it's kicked off with the Marie G. Cranch Memorial, $100,000 for Phillies and Mares, four and up. Mile and 16th on the grass. Last year, the last few years, when we play these uh, Phillies and Mares on the grass, you usually had to figure out what you wanted to do with Delica. And I think she may be retired now. But uh, so this race becomes wide open. Uh, one thing we need to point out, it's going to rain fairly hard on Thursday. So it could soften up this turf course. And if it does, there may be some horses coming out. I know Summer in Saratoga, they had talked about possibly uh, scratching if it's too soft. Uh, there was a few others in here, but we're going to uh, we're going to make our selections, and we're going to we're going to lead off with the hot handicapper, the man with all the money, Mr. Brandon Jaggers. Where do you well, where do you go here? Race ten, the Marie G. Cranch Memorial. Thanks, Craig. And I always like to start off with a good question back to you, Craig. Who is Marie Krantz? I think they had some type of ownership uh, with uh, Fairgrounds before Churchill bought it. I think that was part of the family. Very I don't good. know that for I, sure. I had to look it up. She actually was the chairman of the board of the Fairgrounds race course for 13 years. She yeah. passed away, I think, back in... Uh, Early 2000s. Yeah, the the, the Krantz family I think own own the fairgrounds and sold yeah, the church. Yeah. All right. Well, I couldn't stump you, but uh, Brandon you Palmasano know. there, Brandon Palmasano. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I like this card. I think it's a lot of fun. That's why I decided to travel down there and and take a shot. And I think this is where you're going to perhaps get a price. So. Craig's right. Delica would normally dominate uh, this type of field. Uh, I think a couple horses have, have run against her that were in here that I saw that popped up. Uh, let me find it. Um, well, yeah, there it is. Past the plate ran against Delica. Uh, that's number 10 on my uh, past performances. But I don't, you know, like we're handicapping tonight. I did not pull the card with morning line odds. So I'm going without the odds tonight. But so when I'm looking at my pick five ticket, I think I'm going to spread in this leg. Um, there's five possible horses I like. I like two majorly on the outside. And I did a little homework here. Don's Dancer on the far outside. I don't like post position 12 at all, at all at fairgrounds. But I will say this, that damn cat dancer didn't do much on, on the race course, did, did okay. But I think she's dropped some big winners because her last sales uh, price was 1.4 million. So uh, I think she's produced some runners. Now, obviously, this mayor's got some, you know, experience out of Curlin. 
brought a decent chunk of change herself. But I like her performance the last time at Fairgrounds. I know it's been a while, but I think this horse could possibly do something. And you can see the progression after each race or race after race. And I like Gulfstream that last race. And she was a big price, showed some gain, mild gain, but no real threat. But I think she'll be more more in tune. I don't think she broke that day because she, she broke dead last. So she spotted the field. I think you can get a definite price on Don's Dancer uh, in race 10, and that's the far outside. I like Mitchell Merle. The last time Mitchell was back on this horse, they won. Uh, that was a going a mile at Keeneland. And they were, you know, Joy of Painting, I remember that horse quite often. I don't remember the, the third place horse, but that was a decent field, and she had uh, she wasn't bet down to the favorite either. So I think that's a possible wild shot there. Uh, not to go too far into it, but I think Pass the Plate has also got a chance. Pass the Plate did run against Delica. Uh, granted, that was back in early 2021, almost a year ago, on yielding turf. I think this turf. May, is not going to be fast. I think it'll be soft to yielding, and I think this horse has got a shot based on the turf uh, type that day. Now, obviously, Brad Cox, it's always going to be a Brad Cox day when it's big stakes at fairgrounds. So I think you got to use this horse out of Brazil. Um, that's where that horse raced. It looks like it's been training pretty well. I really like Summer in Saratoga a ton. I'm, I'm glad to see Joe Sharp and Corey Landry getting aboard. Corey's two for two on this horse. Uh, as far, well, I think it's even had more starts than that. I see three wins. So Corey's almost been on fire with this horse and good figures at fairground. So I think you have to use this horse. I circled touch of class because, you know, Florent Giroux did not get the, the mount on Brad's horse. Joel Rosario did. So I think, I think your touch of class would definitely be my seahorse in the sequence. But you can't forget Upscon. This horse has been in... All kinds of graded races, done well, has placed, uh, black tie placed. I, I think this horse is definitely uh, going to be tough to beat with Eddie Keneally and Adam Beshitza up. And I like the workout, spin at fairgrounds. I think this is a great uh, great start for the horse. And, of course, shipping, uh, is that Del Mar? Yeah, DMR. So I think I'm going 1, 5, 8, 10, 12. My prices are 10 and 12. Good enough. Let's swing it over to Alan. Um, you know, I don't pretend to be a fairgrounds expert. I uh, I have my uh, I have my tracks I like to play that I'm a little more uh, confident in. But I, I do play the fairgrounds a little bit. I do keep track of it. And I know that uh, this year, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, that the surf course is, as I, as I understand, has been playing to closers. Last Monday, it's that's that trend started to shift as the inside horses started the uh, – Speed horses started to win despite the fact the rail's up 27 feet. I do expect the uh, Gary Palmasano has told us in the past. And I know it's a uh, uh, well, fairly well common knowledge uh, to people down there that when they take the rail down, that the speed will hold. So if you if the speed was starting to hold with the rail out at 27 feet and they take it down, I think maybe maybe the way to go and perhaps some people who know more than myself. Uh, Maybe they'll disagree, but it seems to me like you would might want to look towards the speed if since that's the way it's trending. Um, that said, this race, I know there's going to be a few probably defections in this race. I won't talk too long. Uh, I, the race probably goes through Janelle Monet for Brad Cox, horse a three-time great uh, group one winner in Brazil. 
there, I have a little pause with the horse, even though it drew Joel Rosario, because it looks like they took the horse to Belmont, stopped on it uh, after New York, and then there's a couple month gap. Maybe they're prepping for fairgrounds. If the horse is right, if the horse went runs to those races in Brazil, if if if, if all things uh, go to plan, that's probably the one to beat. Uh, there's no way I would single a horse such as that in a race like this. Uh, if catch a bid does stay in the race, I might use catch a bid as the other horse. I would this whole ticket. I'm not if I played. I'm not going to go deep on anything. I'm going to remain fairly skinny. Catch a bid could be sneaky, rounded in a form. The horse has a little back class. If Janelle Monet does not fire, uh, I might want to have one alternative, and that would probably be catch a bid, knowing that Summer in Saratoga is likely to scratch. And I believe Lovely Ride is likely to to uh, not show up as well, too. So I would keep an eye on some speed, but Janelle Monet and catch a bid for me, and that's good enough for me. Do you know who Janelle Monet is? I believe that's a singer, correct? A uh, a current uh, pop singer uh, who. That is correct. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know much about today's music, but I remember. I think she's fairly popular as well, too. Correct. She has songs called "I Like That," "Tightrope," "Pink," spelled with a Y, "Dirty Computer." It's a Brandon Jagger's hunch play. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do know who she is. I think she had a song with that band Fun uh, a while back. But again, I, I, uh, I, my, my, I talked about my li- uh, knowledge of fairgrounds being fairly limited as opposed to some other things. My uh, knowledge of today's music is fairly limited. But then again, I'm a middle-aged uh, man past my prime. So my top selection is Janelle Monet, and I just like everything about her. She's, if you look at her form, she's four for four relatively lightly raced there but she's won from everywhere from six and a half furlongs up to a mile and a half which is just that's incredible uh yeah. it just shows she's got a lot of talent she's her sire is agnes gold son of sunday silence but agnes gold i think is the sire of the winner of the keeneland mile this year whose name is escaping me maybe the one last year too uh for palo lobo uh, oh two, it was a yeah, in in love, in love, and in then love, the horse. and and yeah. the one last year. Uh, yeah. yeah, so Agnes Gold is, is is the sire of in love, who's like I said, a Grade One winner in this country, uh, and a, a big angle, a big angle for me for these Southern Hemisphere breads is they're bred on Southern Hemisphere time. Right. She's she's five years old in the program. In reality, she's four and a half years old. So there's room for improvement, and you get Joel Rosario, and. Yeah. Uh, you know they're not going to waste his time, so I, I think I think his mare's live. Yeah, probably. My only one concern, I do believe the horse probably favored. I believe the horse uh, is probably the one to beat. Like I said, I would I would just use that one and another a catch a bid. My only concern is that gap. There's a gap. They they took her to New York. I, I would think with the intent to run her Belmont at Saratoga, that didn't happen. So now there's a two month gap, and then they retool and go mm-hmm. to fairgrounds. That said. You know, I would think this field at the fairgrounds is, especially if there's going to be a couple of defections, is not as tough as anything she has seen at Saratoga. So, you know, if, if the horse is right, if the horse is ready for Mr. Cox, then I then I would say it's it's the one to beat. But uh, uh, excellent points by everyone, I would say. Moving right along, race eleven is the Kentucky Oaks Prep. It's a Silver Bullet Day Stakes, hundred fifty thousand dollars, mile and seventy yards. 
Of course, for three-year-old Phillies, field of six. I wonder if number three, Miss Shamita, is going to make the trip. She just ran at Turfway last weekend. Uh, And she, I don't know, just a so-so effort. I just wonder if they're going to make the trip with her. If if not, it's, it's a small field of five. Brandon, who was Silver Bullet Day? Silver Bullet was a horse. Silver Bullet Day. I don't know. Who trained One, Silver Bullet Day? No clue. Take Bob a guess. Bob Baffert. Baffert. Oh, God. Won the yeah. Kentucky Oaks by 20 lengths. That's right. I uh, remember. What year was that? A uh, long time ago. 2000, maybe. 2001. Been a I think while. she won the Brewers Cup Juvenile Phillies and the Oaks. For uh, As I recall, that was Luke Kreikbosch's first year calling the Oaks and Derby. Which he was a fantastic race caller. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, feels like the favoritism is going to be between number four, Sweetest Pie, and number five, La Crete. And Alan, we'll start with you, your top pick. Or how would you uh, play this, first of all, if you're playing a pick five? And then uh, who do you lean on? I uh, Betting the race, I would skip the race because I believe it'll be a five-horse race. You talked about Miss Chimita. That's Norman Cash. Maybe they're just bringing the horse down with uh, Sir Alfred James is going up against Michelle and just might. Maybe they're just throwing the horse on the van. Uh, that horse looks outmatched to me in this spot, even though Norman you know, Lynn Cash is, just seems to keep winning with big price horses. So that may be why the horse is there, just to got room on the van and try uh, a stakes at the fairgrounds. Uh, you know, again – I, everyone knows I don't like short fields. Uh, I would have to go skinny here because, again, I, I, this sequence I don't think is uh, potentially that lucrative. It might be. I may be completely wrong. I would lean on Miss Crete, LaCrete, who is a half to uh, a ho- horse that reminds me very much of a Stone Street, LaCarriere. LaCarriere. Clarier. 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 What did I say? LaCarriere? LaCarriere ran in the uh, like the 95 Breeders' Cup Classic. Yeah. Well, Clarier is one of the first horses we discussed in this podcast uh, many moons ago. Extremely well-bred by Cafording. And Clarier broke her maiden on debut at Churchill going two turns in the summer. Uh, coming from off the pace to run down a nice horse. I believe ran down super quick. And, of course, Clarier went on to the fairgrounds and competed ex- exceptionally well there, uh, uh, competing in, uh, in their big races. LaCrete's taking the same angle. They, they After the massive maiden win, I guess a pretty bad feel, let's be honest. Uh, LaCrete was was the buzz horse that day, went straight to the front, which is unlike uh, her sister, and won as, as easy as she wanted to. They take time off. They wait for the fairgrounds to take the same path uh, Clarier did. Uh, so you've got to think this horse is probably the goods. That says she beat nothing. She beat nothing in that maiden race. So, you know, it's a boring pick, but I do believe uh, LaCrete's probably the one. I could see the horse being overbet, and any time the horse is overbet or people are going to jump on it too much, you always want to take a, take pause. But uh, I do think LaCrete is likely the one. I think they must think a lot of it. I do think the two-horse, Burner Breezy, is a little intriguing. I do like the way that horse rallied from off the pace and kind of a, a, a switch, just kind of a push-button move. But you also have to add to the fact that LaCrete probably has the pace advantage as well, too, right? Uh, 
So it's it's Lacrete for me. And and, and again, once again, a boring pick, but to give me uh, Clarier's sister in this spot. Brandon. Yeah, I can't get too wild here with a five-horse field. Basically, everything Alan said, I would second. I'd probably lean more uh, just with two horses, sweetest pie and Lacrete. I like Al Stahl a ton. I think this horse is doing better each start. Um, I, I don't, I'm not real confident, maybe until I get down there, but that was a, a pretty nice work before the race where it got just beat uh, by neck. Um I could see this horse. I may go three deep, but I'd love to get by with a single. So that would be LaCrete. Silver bullet day ran in, I believe in the 99 Oaks. I'm doing this from memory. I think she yeah. wheeled, she wheeled back in the charismatic Belmont. The one that uh lemon drop kid won. I think she set the pace in that Belmont and faded, but she was uh yeah. Champion Philly for, for Bob Baffert, and Mike Pegram. Uh, I'm with you guys. I'm sorry, Alan. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to, yeah, I, if, if I'm playing this, I'm using LaCrete and Sweetest Pie. The four and the five is the two favorites and just hope to get through. I think Berna Breezy is very interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe another star. Maybe she's not ready yet to tackle these types. Uh, the, you know, the big stakes races, the, the big dogs take the, take the big money. So you, I'm taking Pletcher and Aspison. And uh, the Silver Bullet Band. Now, who, who's the Silver Bullet Band, Brandon? Who's who do they back? Do you know that band? I, I know I like to drink Silver Bullets. That's all I know. <laughs> Bob Seger and Silver Bullet Band. Great music. Great music. But once again, as we've harped on numerous times, I'm old and I like old music. Okay, race. Excuse me, race twelve. The Colonel E. R. Bradley. Mile 16th on the grass, four years old and up. Full field of 12. I would expect maybe a, a one or two of these to scratch. I see that Major Fed's in here. Uh, he's kind of got a bit of a grass pedigree. I, they might leave him in there. I was looking at him possibly scratching, but I think I think maybe he'll go. Because uh, Alan, didn't Bobby's babe produce uh, some turf winners? Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, Bobby's babe was a turf sprinter in a, himself. Okay. Who uh, won a few lounge trades in here? And there's one big horse that I cannot think of who it is. Was it? Uh, was it for Amos, the stakes winner? Uh, that was on dirt, though, right? I think it was mostly Foley homebreds, but uh, I might be wrong. But Bobby's Babe has thrown a few good horses, yeah. And uh, while you're talking, maybe I'll look it up. <laughs> what, okay, I've got to talk some more. So, well, we'll just throw it over to Brandon. I actually think. Uh, the favorite is going to be number six, two Emmys, who won the last yeah, Arlington Million by a different name, the Mr. D Stakes. Uh, but uh, two Emmys shows up here. I'm guessing probably somewhere in the ballpark of two to one. And yeah, two Emmys to me is vulnerable, but we'll turn it over to Brandon first. Yeah, for my pick five sequins, I, I can only settle with three horses here. Two, in it, two Emmys definitely leads this pack. Uh, definitely been in the tougher races. Coming back for a listed stake to start a, a six-year-old campaign, I think this is a soft spot for it. Uh, the distance is no problem. The horse is probably a little bit better going longer, but uh, then a mile to 16th. But I got, I got no knocks on this horse. Uh, the, the only other contenders I thought, and I thought were good plays, is I like Cavalry Charge. 
Uh, I think Dallas Stewart's going to pick up some wins. He might get hot again. Uh, you know, he's had 16 starters down at Fairgrounds and only two wins, but I think this is a this is a good horse. They've been looking for the spot. Horse has been kind of in reserve since October. Uh, three months is kind of a long layoff, but I think this is just the plan. Shift down here. Uh, you know it can it can ride or uh, run on yielding turf. So if we get soft, I'm not I'm not worried about the horse at all. I think this horse has definitely got a shot. I'm not for sure what the morning line is, but I'm not concerned. And then I came outside to Bodie Cream. Uh, Jeff Englehart, I think, does well with these types of horses. You're shipping out of Aqueduct. There's some kind of tougher competition there. Horse hasn't been seen since early December, but uh, I, I'm not big on Deshaun Parker, but I think he's riding earlier for one of our trainers, so I, I'd like to give him a shot. Uh, this this is a definite step up, uh, and not you're not getting great percentages, but I think the horse is in form, and I'm excited to see what it can do at a price. Cool. Alan, uh, what'd you find out on uh, Bobby's, Bobby's bait? bait? Bobby's it is a home, Lloyd Madison homebred. All these horses are running for, for Foley and Lloyd Madison. Um, it's a full brother to Zapparini, who was a, a a pretty nice little allowance turf horse around these parts going two turns. Also, a, a, also a half to Claire Nation, who was a, a turf sprinter. Attorney Tim, a favorite of mine, who uh, was a the pen ultimate mile and eight turf horse. Uh, May Lily was a nice horse. Uh, so yeah, there's there's family there. There's a I can see why they like to hang on to Bobby's babe. So yeah, there is turf in a pet. Do not blame them for trying the spot. And I think that actually moves the horse up a little bit in my mind. But Brandon mentioned cavalry charge. That would be my single in this sequence. As I, as I mentioned, I believe the sequence overall could be fairly chalky. So when that happens, I look for that one contrary single in the in the race everyone's gonna spread. Uh, this this would be the one I would pick, uh, keeping the ticket small, maybe betting it a couple times if I were to do so. The reason being, they're going to bet two Emmys. They should bet two Emmys. Two Emmys is five, easily the one to beat in this spot. She is shortening up a little bit. Um, she does have that Arlington million, winning, million win on her resume with a lot of good seconds, but we uh, but they were seconds. So uh, there's a second of Colonel Liam. And Spooky Channel, she has kept great company. I think she's going to get bet down six or seven to five because of that and because of the fact that I may use shorter price horses in her legs. I'm going to go to Cavalry Charge. Uh, you know, there's a little bias. I think this horse won four times. I think I've had it all four times, including a couple losses. Uh, I think there's a lot of speed in this race. Uh, there's a lot of speed. And what I don't see is a true confirmed closer who I think of some serious quality that I could feel like I could bet with some confidence. Calvary Charge is by no means a closer, but I think Brian Hernandez might find a decent spot in behind the speed. And the horse likes to win. Dallas Stewart wins on these big days at the fairgrounds. Been laid off. And I think once he went through his allowance conditions, they started thinking, where can we find a stakes race? And Dallas said, let's let's wait for the Bradley at, at the fairgrounds. So horse may have to pick it up a bit. Uh, the, uh, the par for this race is 97, according to Brisnet. Uh, Calvary charts hammers out 92s every time. May have to pick it up. There's no reason he couldn't have matured with the time off. So give me Calvary charge. And as I like to say, I'll ride or die with that one. I'm going to tell you, the, the Fairgrounds usually runs three big cards every year. Right. Uh, That's when I usually play. <laughs> LeCompte and Risen Star and Louisiana Derby. 
the turf race for the older males always trips me up. I agree. Yeah. It is always some type of random result. And uh, you just, I've got a spread here. I, I don't, two Emmys is the most accomplished horse in the race, but I just, but with a lot of speed and there's a chance that uh, he would have to close from off the pace. I'm, I'm not saying he can't win. I'm just saying that uh, I think there's a chance to just knowing the history of the fairgrounds turf course and how it's treated me. I'm going to use a bunch of them. Unfortunately, I don't have, and you know, you get past two Emmys. To me, they're all the same outside of a handful of them. Uh, Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, this is a a spread of the gills for me. Sorry. But there, but there in lines, there, there lies the danger and you use a bunch and two Emmys is, undoubtedly the one to beat here so you could easily use a bunch and then two emmys wires the field uh that's that's the threat that's the way i that's i guess that's my concern because i definitely do believe two emmys is the one to beat that's a that's a quality class runner at 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 the level these horses are racing at so i'll I'll be surprised if if he's on the lead though i mean there's there's a couple other Bodie cream's got early speed dynamite's got early speed I think they're just faster horses. So I, I think, uh, you know, if, if they want to send two Emmys to lead, that makes him vulnerable in my opinion. But yeah, he can rate the horse can rate and he is coming out of longer races. So we'll see. I think it's a fun race and I'm hoping I'm home in time to see it. That's race why I recommend doing two tickets. <laughs> race number 13, the Louisiana stakes grade three, $150,000 mile and 16th. This probably should be the feature race of the, of the day. This pits two of the best three-year-olds in training against each other. And, of course, we're talking about number two, Mandaloon, the reigning Kentucky Derby runner-up. Soon, possibly soon to be the Kentucky Derby champion, depending on how the courts rule. But uh, number two, Mandaloon, is taking on number three, Midnight Bourbon. And Midnight Bourbon, of course, finished uh, runner-up in the Preakness, the Travers, Pennsylvania Derby, and to me, a disappointing third in the Clark Handicap. Uh, he was well beaten by Maxfield and Happy Saver. And it looks like a field of six. The rail horse, Chess Chief, is going to scratch and go to the Pegasus World Cup next weekend. So, Alan, we'll go to you first. What do we do with the Louisiana Stakes? This is a race, once again, I would not bet uh, individually. I am not going to bet a race with two heavy favorites unless I feel like I can actually have a shot to beat them. Uh, The race probably does go between the two favorites. Make me pick one. It's it's Mandaloon for me, and the reason is Midnight Bourbon has uh, the benefit of an incredible hype train every time he runs, Uh, and the result is always the same. He runs respectively well, and he never wins. And I believe Midnight Bourbon are going favorite in this race because of that continuous hype train. Uh, not to say it's not legit. He could have an ex- exceptional four-year-old season, but it's the same way I felt in the Clark. Uh, the hype train is there every time with this horse, and he runs the same race every time. So if he is going to go off at even money to uh, Mandaloon's, uh, let's say, three to two, are you willing to take even money on Midnight Bourbon when the horse will not win, will not run, win a race? Uh, they're trying blinkers on. They're putting Lasix on. I know Steve Asmus and Tynum. The horse may run. I mean, I would salute him if he did. But uh, at a short number, the the case of second-itis, and, and fairly well-beaten second-itis, too. Uh, give me Mandaloon. Give me the eventual derby winner. 
and I'll take Man Luke and our buddy Tom Drury. He was supposed to be on the pod tonight. Again, we wish him the best. I hope he feels better. But I do believe his horse Sprawl has a shot in here. This is one of those races where everybody focuses on a top two and a horse like him sneaks into the exotics. And all of a sudden the payoffs become over overlaid sprawl. Uh, if you look back at these past performances, yes, there was a dud. He ran against Nick's go, but a lot of people run race duds against Nick's go, but uh, decent third to Maxfield, a couple of close finishes with, to, with mighty heart in their night ops. I see no reason why sprawl can't run a, run a decent race in, in this spot. But at the end of the day, I got to think Brad Cox is mandaloon ready. Okay, Brandon. Yeah, Alan, I agree with you. I think I think a mile and a sixteenth is Sprawl's distance. It's I think that horse is a mile or a mile and sixteenth. Stretching to get the eighth, it just doesn't work for that horse. So I do like the distance, uh, but I, I still think it's a B horse for me. Not nothing, no no surprise. Mandaloon Midnight Bourbon. You got to include Midnight Bourbon because. Mandaloon has been known to throw one here or there, uh, and, it, and it has occurred at the fairground. So, uh, LeCompte, you got third to Midnight Bourbon, so you got to go back to see. They faced off a few times together. Uh, man, you know, I think they're, they both, it's a split. You know, I think they've, uh, they've won one each against each other, but uh, nothing else really jumped out on this race to me at all. I wish Tom Amos the best. He's been a guest in the pod before, and Louisiana bred guy himself. So, uh, you know, Cox's other horse warrant, this double entry always scares me because it seems like the one's going to take all the money. Then here comes warrant off the pace, closes and wins. Uh, But I mean, this really haven't seen warrant on a, on a track. I mean, it's, it's broken. It's made on fairgrounds, but the rest, it's been to Keeneland, Oaklawn. uh, Oh gosh. What's LS? Lone Star. Lone Star. Yeah, Lone Star, Mountaineer, Remington. I mean, we're shipping to get black type is what they're doing, which I don't blame them. But, I, 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 you know, Warren, I don't know how well he's been training there. But when I'm on site, I'm going to be asking a few questions of uh, of the Cox Warren if I can get back there for the Auxiliary Gate podcast uh, <laughs> on-site report. <laughs> well, Warren could be sneaky. Warren could be sneaking it, and he'll be an overlaid number. That's why this works. Warren will be six or seven one. Uh, he he could be sneaky. Go ahead, it worked, CC. It, it worked at the uh, you know the race we went to Ellis Park for, where uh, gosh, what was the groupie dog? got put in the rail. Then all of a sudden, the other Cox horse wins a ten to one or eight to one. I mean, I knew it. It just it had the writing on the wall that whole day. This kind of looks it. I'm not sure though. I'm in agreement on warrant. This horse is relatively lightly raced, just seven starts last year, and he's been off since September. Uh, you know, looking for four-year-old improvement from this guy. Uh, I think it's interesting, though, that they decided to take on Mandaloon with the stable mate. There's a race at Oakland coming up here in two or three weeks. I think it's a $600,000 race, uh, and, and, you know, they decided to go here. So maybe this is just a prep. Possibly. Uh, but, yeah, but Mandaloon, I'm sure. Uh, I'm assuming this is probably a prep too for the uh, maybe the the Saudi Cup, because uh, because uh, of Judmont maybe I don't know. But uh, first Lasix for Mandaloon, never ran on Lasix before. Brad Cox first Lasix, 77 starters. He's won 40 percent of them. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> positive mm-hmm. with a positive ROI. I just found that incredible. Um, 
<laughs> like like Alan said, Midnight Bourbon doesn't win, so he's going to be over bet. Uh, you know, we'll jump back on his train when he wins again. But uh, yeah, Mandaloon for me, and I think he'll. Uh, they they're looking for a good effort to go on to the Saudi Cup, or or maybe Dubai or something like that. But I think that's the one you want to bet, and 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 Warrant is is the one I'm interested in. Maybe for right. next time. Uh, yeah. Because I think uh, that horse has some upside. Plus, he gets a little weight. He carries uh he carries 118. All of them carry 118 except for Spa City. So never mind that point. So uh, two quick things, real quick. Man, the one thing Mandaloon did run that uh, bizarre dud last year in Louisiana Derby at Fairgrounds, but he ran well at the Fairgrounds prior to that. And secondly, can anybody name any of the hit songs from the vastly underrated 80s hair band Warrant? Can they name any? CC. That was before my time. Oh, Does it take me high enough? Is that one? That would be Damn Yankees. How about Cherry Pie or Heaven or Down Boys? Does those names ring a bell? She's my Cherry Pie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just like Janie Lane. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. And Janie, the lead singer, Janie Lane, passed away about 15 years ago. Uh, that's a little trivia. We'll move on to re- the next race. Hair bands, though. Weren't necessarily my thing back in the day. But their music has aged fairly well. I, I have some I have some friends who would those are fighting words to them. I can assure you. Well, that. no, it, it it's grown on me over the years. Now, Warrant never did, uh, it, you know, it never did really uh, top my charts. But anyway, I digress. They were okay. Uh, they were okay. Let's roll on. Last race. It's the LeCompte the Kentucky Derby prep race. Points will be handed out after this race. No Bob Baffert entries in here. Uh, this is a mile 16th, grade three, $200,000 purse. And I am certain favoritism will be between number three, Papa Cap, who ran second in the Breezer Cup Juvenile behind Corniche. And number five, Epicenter, the up-and-comer, son of not this time, won the Gunrunner Stakes for Steve Asmussen. Joel Rosario is here to take the mount. Joe Bravo aboard, Papa Cap. Brandon, it's your turn. You're a big bull, and you're you're sitting in your pasture right now. <laughs> yeah. Who do you like in the LeCompte? Well, I have to fade my favorite trainer, uh, Mr. Cox, on this one. Uh, Cyberknife, I never got really excited about this horse. I've been following it. Um, of course, it's you know was DQ'd at Churchill for a bump start. Uh, then c- comes back, wins a maiden special, but not in like crazy fashion. Uh, that you would like to see on a third start of a horse like this. It could be on a trail of some sort. Uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to spread here in my pick five ticket. So I'm going to pick four horses here. I'm always a big fan of Unified Sires. I think every time a Unified Sire is debuting on a maiden special, I really look to that horse, even at long odds. I I don't care. I'm going to bet it. So I think if you come to the inside with Dallas Stewart, again, intent, Dallas could be live. Uh, with Corey Landry aboard, we'll see how the rest of the day fares. Corey's only been on the horse once. Uh, good thing he gets the mount back. And uh, I think Unified Report, number two, has got a big shot. Uh, his, you know, Dallas's graded stakes percentages are really, they're not good. But I like this horse a ton. And it looks, uh, by the workouts, I think it's going to be a good, a good well-spot uh, position for this horse to improve and do better. Papa Cap, that's a tough one. I mean, it's got all the credentials. You know, you got to have the credentials to go on the Derby Trail. This kind of reminds me of, of last year's runners. Uh, tons of, of 
just great wins already. You know, black tie placed second to Corniche twice. Uh, you know, I think that's it's the it's that it's the race for that horse to lose. Epicenter, I think Steve Asmussen's got a live one. I was really impressed by the, the win last time out by this horse. Drew off, and it even paid 290. Joel takes them out, gets them out back uh, after he broke Maiden in November with Joel on. Brad, I got to fade you here this time, buddy. And then I thought of the other uh, Asmussen, the presidential. I love Pioneer of the Nile. This horse was a big price. I think this horse could actually. This would be my B, but I bet it's training pretty well, and I feel like you got to cover Asmussen. I think it's Asmussen's day or Dallas. So these are my four, two, three, five, nine. My total ticket is $180 on a pick five. You're going to get by pretty, uh, I think, a $45 pick four by going three, three, two, four. Okay. All right. Alan, before we throw it to you, it, it's uh, there's nine entries. We believe number seven, Blue Kentucky, is going to scratch. So it leaves us with a field of eight. Take it. Take I it away. Tonight. That's a nice horse, and of course you have to like the name. Both Blue and Kentucky, you have to like the name. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, again, as I've mentioned several times, uh, if I play a pick five or something, the ticket will be small because I believe the the races could come back chalky, and this is a good example in this one. Uh, it, the race appears to go through Epicenter and or Papa Cab. Uh, Epicenter's looked nothing short of brilliant his last two prep for this race. And drew off easily at the fairgrounds. It, it appears to be between both he and Papa Cap. Papa Cap has two races in a row where he ran dynamic seconds to Corniche, your Breeders' Cup juvenile winner. Uh, it's hard to get past those two. Cyberknife has been a very hyped horse, but I think it's safe to say he's been a l- underperformed a little bit so far. I think most people would agree with that. That's not to say that the talent isn't there and he can explode second start back off of you know a brief freshening. So these are boring picks. I do have one I do like at a price I think can get into the mix at a decent number, and that's Call Me Midnight, the eight horse. James Graham, Keith Sorma. Keith Sorma did not have a great year last year, but this one did catch my eye. It's a great example of a horse that I was not high on, but then this horse proves me wrong, and then I pay attention. And I think there might be a little something with this horse. The, uh, it was the second a giant game at Keeneland that caught my eye because I think giant game's a runner. And that horse rallied well into the short stretch of Keeneland that day. Came back one turn mile. Anytime they go two turns of one turn mile, it's, it's always a bit of a – you wonder if they're still going to have that kick if the, if, 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 the, if the race full plays for them. And if you go back and watch the race with Call Me Midnight, that was not a great field that day, albeit. But uh, he was favored, or almost favored. And James Graham, it just snapped, whenever he snapped his fingers, that horse took off. You watch a replay, the, the, the late pace figs in those two races I just mentioned came back really well. James Graham knew that he could go by those horses anytime he wanted to. That's not to say that it will, uh, that same type of kick will, will work in this race against these type horses, but I was too impressed by that, that move that day not to include this horse who's going to be a big number in the spot. Uh, they wheeled him right back in the Kentucky Jockey Club. Uh, he was drew wide that day. It was too quick. I mean, there's a lot of things working against me. He did middle move though. He did middle move. I'm willing to give this shot at about this horse a shot about 20, 25 to one to get into the exotics. But again, nothing, no surprise. The two favorites are the, probably the one here epicenter and or Papa cap. 
I'm not going to add a whole lot. Epicenter's my top choice. I think his horse looks like he's on the move. Just just three starts under his belt, and he's won two of them. And he looked fairly impressive. He beat a so-so field last time. Uh, he beat Tejano Twist by six and a half lengths. That's, that's a fairly accomplished sprinter here in Kentucky. Uh, and then Rosario picks up the mount. One I'm slightly interested in, and I could probably get off this train real quick after the race on Saturday. Aspuston legs up Rosario and Epicenter. Uh, Brian Hernandez Jr. rode this horse last time. Now Aspuston puts him on the outside horse, number nine, Presidential. It's a $625,000 son of Pioneer of the Nile. And I just find it interesting that they decided to go here for the first start of the year. Uh, right. The layoff. I think that's interesting because there's a lot of lounge races at Oaklawn and and fairgrounds that they could uh, point to, but they decided to go with the stakes. Now, I don't know if that's a trainer's decision. could be an owner's decision. They want to maybe get on the derby trail. But uh, went back and watched this horse. He he uh, he won fairly easily. There was no competition in the race. That that field came up pretty bad at Indiana. But he did win. Uh, ran his last quarter uh, last quarter mile, twenty four and four fifths, and one drawn away. Uh, the jockey Bermudez was riding him pretty hard down to the finish. But uh, that was in August of his two two year old year, late August of his two year old year, and it's been five months since that start so this horse could do a lot of growing up and he's been training at the louisiana downs had one work at fairgrounds i think if i think if asmussen approved this move to go to a stakes i think this horse might be live and you get hernandez who's been riding hot at fairgrounds epicenter is my top choice i will use this horse on my pick four probably not gonna play a pick five but i'll play a pick four ticket and maybe uh just just go with asmussen a hot hand Gotcha. And you know, Talamo was on this horse the first time in Indiana. You notice that? And and didn't get it back. They obviously think something of this horse. Uh, You know, the the Cortland Farm people, they deserve a good horse. They haven't had a really, really good horse since. uh, Did they have a horse with McGahee on the Derby Trail? That that was last year, right? Yeah. uh, Is that their horse? Yeah, I ran well down at, the, at the Gulfstream. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And had that sprinter with Mark Hennig that was good for a while, and I can't think of that in the horse's name. Strike Power? Strike Power. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it, interesting. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I am not all that impressed with the three-year-old crop thus far. I, I'm, I don't see anything that's just, you know, they they're, they released the uh, Kentucky Derby Future Wager. And I think Smile Happy is the early favorite. Yeah, wow. It's and, early. It's early. You know, I don't know. That's I thought that was interesting. But, uh, yeah, long way to go for that. I, I just think these races might be right for upsets, but uh, I don't know. But you know, here, I, here I am picking the favorite. So. <laughs> My pick four, pick five ticket would be $12 on a 50 cent. Uh, it would be. If I it's, if I even decide to play again, I'm gonna be. Uh, but I would use uh, just to catch a bid and Janelle Monet with uh, Lacrete with Cavalry Charge. Like I told you, I'm gonna keep this thing tight uh, with uh, Mandaloon, uh, Midnight Bourbon, and Sprawl. And then I would uh, and warrant make it a sixteen dollar throwing warrant. And then we'll we'll use uh, Papa Cap. Epicenter, Cyberknife, and Call Me Midnight, uh, $16.
I don't even know what mine had comes up to, but I would play a pick four. I'm going to go all with Pletcher and Aspusen in the Silver Bullet Day with Mandaloon with my two Aspusens in the last race. So what are, what is that? $24 for 50 cents? There you go. Yeah, anyway, like- yeah that's, that's the base ticket. And then, you know, we, we decide to play it from that point on. But, uh, you know, we'll see. And again, you know, I hope everybody uh, enjoys this. I hope everybody enjoys the card. I hope everybody gets to take part. Should be a lot of fun. I hope Michelle wins with Just Mike. Uh, that's most important to me personally. Yep. Uh, so uh, I expect that. I expect a good performance from that horse. Or strike me down. We'll take strike me down. Strike me down. But yeah, for our buddies, uh, for, Jerry. for our buddy Jerry Romans. And yeah. uh, shout out to uh, uh, his lovely, uh, oh, my God. Mary Jo. Mary Jo, yes. Former jockey Mary Jo Ironman. So we we wish them the best as well, too. We we should try on Saturday to pull a Jose Santos Jr. too, and don't forget do a thirty dollar pick three straight bet. Yeah, that's all you, buddy. That is all you. all you. I'm not confident enough to, about anything to to do that. I'm a little picky on that stuff, so we'll see. It has, it has to it has to really, I have to really like it. All right, let's let's wind her up. So. Uh, uh, like we said, good luck to everybody this weekend. Hopefully, uh, one of us picked a winner. I know I I picked a winner by just going all in one of the races. So, uh, congratulations ahead of time. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. And uh, but uh, we'll we'll end it right here. So, uh, on behalf of Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and of course our guest Michelle Lovell, the queen of our auxiliary gate Mount Rushmore. This is CC Broadus signing off and reminding you. The gambling money ain't got no home.